Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast. I could talk about this all day um, very easily, but what is happening over in the Maasai Mara of Kenya? Um, There's absolutely a revival that's breaking out right now through the churches, and we have just gotten to be a part of that, um, of equipping Kenyans to reach Kenyans. The church that I was talking about right there, um, the, the, the very last phrase, that is on a Thursday in the middle of the day at two o'clock. They waited for three hours for us to get there. We didn't know it. We were painting a church, right? And we drive there and they've been waiting for three hours for us to come and encourage them. I'm like, this is so backwards right now because you guys are encouraging us and we get there. They're meeting in a school right now. One week and 117 people have been saved, have been experiencing Jesus Christ. And can I tell you, they're getting it. They got it. Um, they realize that the, this church plant that's been out for a month is now planting a church on their own. And now we're going to come alongside and build a church right by that new church. And I'm like, that's what the body of Christ is all about. It's not about me building my kingdom or foundation's church, but it's about us building his kingdom. And I, I want to bring you greetings from Pastor Elijah, from Pastor Jonah, from Pastor Johnson, and Pastor Pastor William, they have an immense amount of love for you. Um, And they keep telling me, tell your people, thank you. We could not do what we are doing and reach our people if it were not for your people. And every time I get up there, I say, our family back home wants to say we love our Kenya family. And so the Kenya family loves their American family and are very grateful for you guys thankful that you guys get it, and just thankful that you guys are making Jesus famous. One of the pastors there, the very first church plant we did, Sakanani, um, we went and painted the church there. He saw one of us was wearing make, make Jesus, we exist to make Jesus famous in all that we do. And he goes, I'm going to put that and paint it on the inside of my church, making Jesus famous. And I'm like, yes, it's just awesome to see what is happening. It's incredible to be a part. Um, and so Foundation Church, thank you, thank you, thank you for what you are doing. Um, it, it truly is, it's just getting started and it is one of the coolest things to get to go be a part of. So um, yeah, so that's what is happening. Um, We'll have that video on Facebook today after the service. Today we are in a series called Before the Manger. And if you missed last week, our youth pastor, our student ministries director, Michael Ballard, killed it. Um, If you missed last week, and I'm not just saying that because... 
He's sitting here on like the second or third row, or he was. He's probably counting people now or something. Um, probably eating the donuts left over, but I'm not preaching. Anyways, um, he did a great, great job. If you missed it, really, go, go download the podcast, watch it online, or our website, foundationschurch.tv. He did a fantastic job. Um, but before we get into necessarily our series, there's something that during my prayer time, my devotional time, Man, God just jumped out to the pages that I feel like I'm supposed to share this morning, and it doesn't go along with our message. It doesn't go along with our series. It's not going to be that flowy message and that polished sermon that every pastor is going after, but I would rather preach what God is asking me to preach than what sounds good and is polished and flows really well. And it's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 6 through 7. It says this, but God who encourages those who are discouraged encouraged us by the arrival of Titus. And I love this phrase, his presence was a joy. His presence, I, I've read this, I've read through 2 Corinthians a ton. And, and this stood out to me because what it made me realize is simply this, your presence brings joy or burden. Your presence brings joy or burden. When I was a, a youth pastor at a church, I remember one of the pastor's wives, the actual pastor of the church, his wife always talked about when she heard the garage door go up and her husband come home, that she felt like she had to get up and start working and showing that she was busy and showing that she was doing something um, because her husband was home, the pastor was home, and I was like, dear God, that would be awful. Um, usually I'm like checking out football and be like, what's up, babe? You know, um, oh, you need help with the groceries? I didn't know. Um, you know, I, I just, I can't imagine feeling that way. But can I tell you your presence when you walk into a room, when you walk into your office, when you walk into the home, when the garage door goes up, does your presence bring joy or does it bring a burden? Do you stress people out? Do you make them feel anxious? Well, if they're doing something wrong, it ought to. I understand, hey, hey, hey. But on the, on, on, for the most part, does your presence bring joy and peace, which is supposed to be a byproduct of followers of Christ, the fruit of the Spirit? Does your presence bring joy and peace on a regular basis, or does it stress everybody out and make them anxious? And when I'm reading this text, I was, I was amazed because I was like, Paul wrote that. Paul needed encouragement. Right? This, this, this is Paul. This is Saul who was changed to Paul. This is the man of God. This is somebody who wrote a ton of the New Testament, right? And Paul, the apostle Paul, needed a Titus to encourage him and bring joy to him. And can I tell you, everyone you come into contact with needs to be encouraged. You, you may think, oh, I don't ever think about encouraging my spouse. I don't think about encouraging my kids or my employees or my employer. Or some of us, we don't think our employer needs, needs our presence to bring them joy and peace and encouragement. But can I tell you, everyone needs you to bring encouragement to their life. And I truly believe that as followers of Christ, our presence should always bring joy and peace. And everywhere we go, when we, guess what? Holidays are coming, right? The Christmas time is here, whether you want it to be here or not. And family is coming. Your Uncle Eddie is coming. Your cousin Eddie is coming. You got one. You know who I'm talking about. You know, you're just like, that's the cousin Eddie of our family. Stay away. That cousin Eddie 
I need to do a series on this, just called Christmas Vacation. Um, but that cousin Eddie needs you to bring peace and joy and encouragement to his life. But the question I have for you today is, are you somebody that brings joy and peace, or are you somebody that has to be managed? You know what I'm talking about? When somebody walks in, it just gets awkward, right? You're like, okay, you can't say this. You have to behave this way. And everybody starts walking on eggshells. They start tiptoeing around you because you have to be managed. It almost reminds me of Chloe when she was a baby. Uh, our first child, Charlie, she's, she's 14 years old. She was the best baby in the world, man. I mean, we did baby wise, and she stuck to baby wise. She slept when she was supposed to sleep, you know, food. Um, all that was like, yeah, we got this down. We are great parents, you know. And she ate what we wanted her to eat. She'd eat any vegetables. I mean, she would be sick. She'd throw up on herself and not even cry, like, Bleh, you know, and just be like, ha ha. Um, she was. She's a great baby. I mean, she was a great baby. And I was one of those parents that were super judgmental then, right? Walking around Target, and you see all these kids, little baby kids acting like a crazy idiot, and you're like, what's wrong with those parents? Like, I, give me your baby for a week, and I'll straighten your kid out, because you see my child here. You know, and, and that kid's like, ah! And they're dragging him down the row and, and like, ah, and you're just like, just, just spank him. Spanking it solves it. Just do it. You know, you felt like the super nanny. If you guys remember that show, like you're the baby whisperer. And I was like, if you give me that kid, man, I can straighten that kid out. And here's the truth. God gave me that kid. It's called my second child, Chloe. <laughs> you can ask my dad. Even all the grandparents will tell you this. She's the meanest baby I've ever encountered in my entire life. I, I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating. She was mean. She'd just look at you and hold her breath. I'm talking since she came out the womb. Like, she didn't want nobody but Casey. She, I would hold her and be like, hey. And she'd go. Ah! Like that. I'm like, what is happening right now? Um, I anointed that baby with oil. And I'm just telling you, that devil was still in there. We'd be walking down Target, and, and, and it was one of those kids that you didn't want her to lose it because she wasn't getting it back, right? Like, she, once she was gone, she gone. Like, she's gone. And so you'd stop it. Oh, why'd you hit me? And then you're like, shut up. Don't say it, people. I hit you. You know, you're just trying. It was almost like the Incredible Hulk. You know, like you're trying to get her to go back to Bruce Banner. The sun's getting low, big fella. You know, like, let me just walk you down right now. Let's, let's go back to Banner here. Because it was just horrible. And my question, a lot of us, people feel like we're being a Chloe when she was a baby. And like, they have to calm us and tiptoe around us. And that shouldn't be. Man, in your anger, don't sin is what the Bible says. You're going to get angry. You're going to get upset. But in the midst of your anger, you can handle tough situations and still bring joy and peace to people's lives. And as a person that is a pastor and a person that is a follower of Christ, my desire and my prayer is this. God, everywhere I go, let me leave it better than I found it. Everywhere I go, let my presence, I want people to be like, yeah, yeah, my dad's home. 
Yeah, my husband's home. You know, Justin's here, my pastor's here, and that it would be joy and peace that I bring with me instead of disorder and awkwardness. And I just want to encourage you as followers of Christ, especially during this season, especially during this time, man, let joy and peace, let mercy and goodness follow after me the rest of my days, right? Let joy and peace be what people experience when they come in contact with you. Now, as we're getting into our Christmas message and series before the manger, we've been talking about different things that um, have happened before Jesus' birth. And one of the things that I want to talk to you about today is something that I have misunderstood through reading the scriptures. Um, I just just got it wrong. Um, Just just completely got it wrong. And it's found in Luke chapter 2, verse 6 through 7, and it says this. You always have to read the the, the Christmas story, the birth of Jesus, out of the King James Version for some reason, because it just sounds better. And it says this, and so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, here, here's what, what, what I've gotten wrong. Before, before we go any further, before we go any, any, anything too much further, I, I believe the reason I thought this way and have perceived it this way is because my mind was warped by too many Christmas pageants and Christmas cantatas at church. Um, I, I, I just think that's probably what happened. We have made somebody a villain that never was a villain in the first place, Right? It's kind of like the Grinch who stole Christmas, the Jim Carrey version. The reason the Grinch turned into the Grinch is because of how everybody treated him. He wasn't this bad guy. It's just the way he kind of was, a, was treated and he turned into this hermit of a person and so or a hermit of a Grinch. But we have made the innkeeper into a jerk, right? Like we have made sermons about don't be the innkeeper. We have songs that talk about no room. It's usually a lady with a big vibrato. No room for Jesus. And they sing this whole song, and you're welcome. Um, you, they, they sing this whole song about no room for Jesus. No, don't be an innkeeper. Don't be this. Don't be that. But if you look at the scriptures a little bit more close, you realize, man, we, we missed it. The innkeeper wasn't a jerk. Well, what do we know about this story? What, what we know, what we can take away is this. Mary and Joseph, Joseph and Mary, neither one of them price lined a hotel on their way to Bethlehem, right? This is peak season in Bethlehem, and you didn't think to RSVP something. Get a reservation at the inn, not, right? I mean, there's no room at the inn. And so the innkeeper's like, I got nothing. I I am totally packed. I'm totally full. But what I take away is this. He found a way to make make room. He, He did find a way to make room. And the question for you and me this morning is, are you finding a way to make room? Anytime a pastor kind of preaches about you know, 
make room for Jesus, make room for you know, your relationship with him, a lot of us kind of come out of it and we think, oh, I'm, I'm this horrible person, I, I, I'm busy, I don't have time, I haven't been making time to get in my Bible, to pray, to really be at church on a consistent basis, to be you know, in contact with other people who are pushing me in a positive direction, and we hang our head and we feel bad, and we feel, here, that, that's not this message. I am not here to tell you you're a bad person because you haven't been reading your Bible. I'm not here today to tell you that you're a horrible individual because you don't have a regular prayer life. That is not this message. Pick up your head. It's going to be okay. Jesus still loves you. You still love Jesus. Things are going to be okay. But here's what I would tell you. In the midst of your busyness, and make no mistake, the innkeeper, it's max capacity. He, he didn't have a support staff. There probably was no house cleaning crew, right? <laughs> He's busy. But in the midst of his busyness, he took another look. Right? He, he took an, well, there's no room in the inn, but what can I do? What can I do to make room for you? And he took another look and he allowed the use of his barn. And some of us go, well, Mr. Barn, what, what, what a jerk, what a piece of junk of a man that guy is for putting a man and a woman with the, getting ready to have a baby and you're going to make her deliver. What else is he supposed It's better than just leaving her out on the street. And we assume that he knows who this is, that she's getting ready to have the Messiah. He has no idea. He doesn't know this is the Joseph and the Mary and the, oh, you're the Jesus, right? Like, you're the Messiah, okay. No, he didn't know this. He just takes another look and he makes room. And what I would tell you is in the midst of your busyness, take another look. Make, make, make room. Make room. We're, we're all busy. Hey, that's the cool thing to say. How are you? I'm busy. How are you? I'm slammed. We, we get it. But make room. You may be going through a situation in life right now where you're just hurting. Make room in your hurt for Jesus. You may be going through a situation where you're confused. In the middle of your confusion and not having it all figured out, I would encourage you, make room. Take another look and make room for Jesus in the midst of your confusion. You may feel lost, you may feel hopeless, whatever, things may be going great. And when things are going great, there's a lot of times we get away from seeking him. Man, in the midst of everything going good, make time and make room for Jesus to be in the midst of your life. Because here's, here's where we go. We allow room for a lot of things that aren't necessary in our life, Right? We, we do. It's almost like I, I, I term this in, in a way of packing. Like if you're going to move a couple of miles away versus a couple of hours away, the packing process is completely different, right? Because you know you can go back and get her collection of Beanie Babies that are going to be worth something someday um, because you're just a couple of miles away. But when you are moving a couple hours away, you turn into all of a sudden you, you have a flashback of geometry and algebra and you're starting to write equations on the side so that you can fit everything inside the truck. It's almost like when we used to travel to Dallas for, for the holidays and we have our cars 
car seats. We've got two kids in a Honda Accord. We had our car seats. We had presents. We had luggage. We had all the kids stuff that we had to bring. And I would always try to fit in my golf clubs because golf clubs are a necessity, right? Amen. It's truth right there. Um, but in the midst of this, I'm looking, we've got presents and stuff on the back window. We've got stuff shoved behind the seats. We've got the trunk is packed down. I mean, it looked like we had a low rider and we were gangsters. Um, not even close. We just were that heavy. Like, yo, I'm rolling in a cord, baby. Um, and I would try and try and try to like, we don't really need, kids don't need a car seat, right? I mean, their heads can bobble around. They're like Stevie Wonder anyways. We're good, right? I mean, they could just fasten them with a seatbelt, right? No. I had to leave what wasn't essential behind. And some of us, we put more time into packing our cars and figuring out how to fit things into our cars than we do into our relationship and our daily schedule with the Lord. And man, that just can't be. You and I, I would encourage you to take another look. Take, take another look and see, man, how can I find a way to make room. How, how can I, man, at first glance, at first appearance, it, it doesn't look like it, but man, how can I find another way to make room? And I gotta be honest, this is one of those things that even me as a pastor, I struggle with. You're like, really? Yeah, really? Well, I got back from Kenya this week. Um, I kept getting really sleepy at seven o'clock, like I was like drooling. I was like, you know, give me a yogurt and put me in a nursing home, I'm good. Um, I just was like, I'm like, uh, you know, seven o'clock, I'm, I'm dead. And I kept waking up at four o'clock in the morning. And I, this happened a lot this week. And I was just like, I'm gonna get up, I'm not gonna keep my wife awake. And in the midst of that, used to old me, would turn the TV on, catch up on SportsCenter, find out what's happening in the news, maybe watch a little movies. Um, whatever it may be, but I'm like, man, I've got this first part of my day. Nobody's awake. I wish I was asleep. What am I going to do with it? And I took time to make room. Took time to get in my word. I took time to seek God's face this week. And that's what I've been trying to do and something I would encourage you guys to do. Take a lesson from the innkeeper. Man, take another look and find a way to make room in your schedule, in your life, as a family, as a married couple, as a person, as a follower of Christ. It says this in Mark chapter 12, verse 30 through 31, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Love your neighbor as yourself. And, and this is one of those that I'm like, oh man, this is, this is, this is a, a, a tough part that I'm learning from the innkeeper. Instead of making the villain, I'm make, trying to use him as an example. And, and I would leave us with this point. Who can you offer your barn to? Who, who can you offer your barn to? Right? He's busy. Max capacity, there's no vacancy, there's no room for anybody in the inn. And, and here's the deal, let me, let me re-emphasize this. The innkeeper doesn't know Joseph and Mary. He, he doesn't, we, have, we read it with insight. There is no insight to the innkeeper. This is just a young couple who's getting ready to have a baby who should have planned better to him, probably. 
Like, well, that's on you, you know. Emergency on your, lack of planning on your part doesn't constitute an emergency on my part, right? We have all the signs, we have all the sayings, all this stuff, and they show up, and there's a lack of planning and an urgency, and this innkeeper could have said, man, good luck. I'm, I'm sorry we don't have any room, but instead, he extended his barn. He offered his barn. It's what he had to give. And we are in a culture now that there's a very popular saying that no good deed goes unpunished, right? We've heard it said, we've heard it, and some of us, we've we, we bit on it now because we've done good things and it seems like we get burned for it. We've done good things and, and it seems like we get burned for it. And, and you wanna stop doing the good things. You wanna stop extending your barn, but I would ask you, who can you extend your barn to? doesn't matter if they're able to repay you. It's not how God told us to love and to treat others. doesn't matter if it's going to reflect great on you or if it's even going to make you feel good. That's not why we would do it. Who can you extend your barn to? What's, what's your barn? Ah, uh, he's talking about money, isn't he? Yeah, he just showed a Kenya video. It's a perfect setup. You want money? No, it can be money. It can be money, but it's not always money. It can be resources, and I'm not scared to talk about resources. I think we should be the most generous people in the world, and we've got a broken record up here um, that so many times talks about name it, claim it, and you're gonna prosper. Just because you give doesn't mean you're gonna get something like you're gonna win the lottery. That's not in the Gospels. You give to build his kingdom instead of yours. But that's not this message. Could be, Um, but that's not this message. What's your barn? It can be resources. Is it my time? Oh, you bet it. You better believe it. Most of the time, it's your time. It's your attention. It's your effort. Here's what the Bible says, and and this is one of those scriptures that every time I read it, man, gets me. Matthew 25, verse 34 through 36. Let me give some context to it. Jesus is getting ready. He knows. He's getting ready uh, to be arrested. He's getting ready to go uh, be whipped, to be crucified. This is one of the last things that Jesus says while he's not going through the crucifixion. It says this, then the king will, this is about the sheeps and the goats. He says, then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a a stranger and invite you in or need clothing and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he'll say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the internal fire prepared for the devil and his angels, for I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and didn't help you? Who reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. 
Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. I'll say this on a little side note, and it's not my message, but there's big teachings that there's not a heaven and there's not a hell specifically. Can I tell you from the words of Jesus Christ himself, you can't take that away. There is a heaven and there is a hell, and that's why there's a mandate for us as followers of Christ to be passionate about reaching other people. You can't get rid of hell. Um, it's part of the teachings of Christ. This isn't something that man came up with. Man, you gotta stick to the scriptures and not what your fuzzy ideas are about the scriptures. And so um, I, I just needed to say that because it's burning inside of me. But let me say this Jesus didn't say give them food if they deserve it Jesus didn't say clothe them if their life's kind of getting back on track you know maybe 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 house them if there's there's potential there if they're if they're if they're trying just say clothe them feed them love them Extend your barn to them, especially if they can't pay you back. Go, go and be loving and be kind. Who can you offer your barn to? Who can you do something good and kind to? And, and this is one of those things that, man, it's, sometimes it's just hard to do. A, a few months ago, on a Sunday morning, I got here, I usually get here before anybody else, and I'm walking through the building praying and just praying over service and praying over people and praying over seats, and um, I'm walking up and down the hall praying over the kids' areas, and just, man, God, let everybody that comes in feel your love, feel acceptance, um, and, and change lives. And just in the process of this, I, I look out the window, and I see something by our dumpster. I'm like, that's, that's hmm. Um, that's weird. It's not weird to see something by our dumpster because people throw stuff all the time in. If you're throwing stuff in our dumpster, stop it. But, um, you know, they're, they're like, um, they're, there's something there. And I was like, ah, that's weird. And I keep looking and I'm like, huh, that's a, that's a sleeping bag. And there's stuff all around the sleeping bag. And then I see a person in the sleeping bag. And I'm like, oh, wow, we got somebody sleeping by the dumpster on the cement concrete outside. And they've been there all night. And... and can I just let you into my, my thought process? And I'm, I, I'm a work in progress. I say that. I just believe in being transparent so you don't feel like you're the only horrible individual on this earth. Um, I, I, I was there and I'm like, I, I don't have time for this. I, I, I don't. This is Sunday morning. I, my mind's got to be on the message and greeting people. And that person may be like, he, they, they, they may be, Nuts, I, I don't know, but you know, God bless them. And I just kept, I kept trying to pray. And I said trying because I'm like going and it's like, go out there, you idiot, you know, and I'm just like, stop being a jerk. Go, go talk to them. Like, I don't want to talk to them though. I'm going to be a pastor. Um, you know, I, I was like, I, I don't want to be a follower of Christ. I want to be a professional follower of Christ instead of one that's like doing your word. I just want to teach on it. Um, and I, I was sitting there, I was like, ah, Okay, and so I walk out the door, still nobody's here, and I'm like, what do I do right now, right? Like, do I say, hey, hey, I'm coming towards your way, right? It's one, one way to do it, but instead, I probably did something stupid. I like sneak over there, like I'm walking quietly, 
and I get right down by him, and I go, hey. And he goes, ah, and I go, ah. And I, we start yelling at each other, and I'm backing away really quick. And he's like, I'm so, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so I'm sorry. I'll get my stuff up, and I'll, I'll get out of here, and I'll go get out of your way. I didn't mean to be in the way. I, all my stuff's around. I am so sorry. And I just squatted down, and I said, hey, 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 hey. It's no big deal. What's your name? He said, my name's Michael. And I go, Michael, I'm Justin. I go, how long you been here? He goes, I've been here overnight. I go, you got any place to go? He goes, I got a place. I just, I just got to figure some things out. And I'm like, okay, how long's it been since you've eaten? I haven't had anything to eat in two days. How long's it been since you had some water? Probably close to that. And Michael, I got a bunch of donuts in there that people don't need to eat in our church anyways. <laughs> I go, why don't we come in? and get you some donuts, and get you some water. I go, you can clean up in one of our sinks. If you make a mess, we'll clean it up after you. I go, let me, let me know what you need. I go, we, we can gather this stuff up in a little bit, but let's just, let's take care of you for a second. He walked in, I, be honest, he did not smell good. He was not wearing Dracar Noir um, back in the 90s. Come on, somebody. Um, but. He, he had nothing, he, he had nothing to offer, right? No, nobody saw. This wasn't, this wasn't doing it on a Sunday morning. I really didn't want to talk about it on a Sunday morning, but I had nothing else to use as an illustration. There was, there was no, like, camera crew out there or Bobby on a video, like, look at our awesome pastor, look what he's doing. It was just about loving someone, extending and offering my barn to somebody who had no way to repay it back. Got a bunch of donuts. He killed them donuts. <laughs> Got him several bottles of water. Helped him put his stuff in the bag. I said, Michael, you're welcome to come to Foundation Church. You're welcome to be here. I go, it doesn't matter if you stink. It doesn't matter if you know what church is or what church isn't. I go, you're welcome here and you'll be met with love and acceptance and people that would love to just help you. And I said, can I pray with you? And we prayed. And you know what? He never came to church. Never came in. But you know what? I don't, didn't do it so that he would come to church. I did it because I'm called to be the church. And you and I, we are called to offer our barn to others. It, 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 and it's tough and there's times you're going to feel awkward and you don't know what to do and you may scare the mess out of them like I did, right? But don't let your comfort keep you from your commission. Man, don't let your comfort keep you from fulfilling the calling that God has placed on you. I mean, be the innkeeper. Be the innkeeper. Man, find a way to make room and offer your barn to someone. Who Really, I hope this question just haunts you. This: Who can I extend? Who can I offer my bar, my resources, my time, my energy, my effort? Who around me needs me to offer my barn to them? Because that's what we're called to do. That's who not not based on people who deserve it or earn it or based on their acts, but based on that's what God has asked us to do as followers of Christ. Let's bow our heads. Lord, we love you. 
I thank you for today, and I just ask right now that you would speak to our hearts, to our minds. Lord, Lord, I, I, I pray that there would be application to this message. Because, Lord, truly, if we don't just hear the information, but we apply the information, information plus application always brings transformation. And so, God, I pray that you would transform the way we've lived our lives. God, I, I ask that you would make our presence a joy to anyone we come around. The Lord, we would be purposeful in what we bring to those around us. We'd be purposeful in being a Titus to those that we come into contact with and that it would bring encouragement and it would bring joy and it would bring peace and love and all the fruit of the Spirit and the attributes of the fruit of the Spirit into the situations that we find ourselves in. But God, I pray today that you would help us to become more like the innkeeper. God, I, I, Lord, in the midst of our business, let us look again. Lord, some of us, we're just not looking to make room. Lord, let us take another look and let us find a way to make room for you. Because, Lord, you're not a good idea. You're not a hobby. You're not a Sunday thing. But, Lord, you're an everyday crucial aspect of our life. And so, Lord, I pray, help us. Help us not to get busy. Help us to not just forget, but help us to make you a priority in our schedule, in our life, and in our relationships. And God, I pray that in this place this morning that you would speak to our hearts. God, maybe some of us have gotten burned from doing good things, from doing nice things. But God, I pray that you would help us to open our eyes and our spiritual eyes to be awakened. No matter if we're a teenager in this place, man, there's tons of people walking around our school halls that just need us to extend our barn to them just to be nice to them, just to be kind to them because nobody else is and they may think they're all alone. God, we've got family members, we've got coworkers, we've got, we've got all these different people that we pass by every day and God, I pray that we would look to who can we offer and extend our barn to. Who can we clothe? Who can we love? Who can we just be kind to? Lord, speak to our hearts and let us be willing to be uncomfortable for your sake. To be uncomfortable for your kingdom's purpose. It's in Jesus' name I pray. With heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, if you're here and you say, Justin, I'm here, but I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. We want to give you that chance and we want to give you that opportunity. This morning, maybe you're just not where you should be in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Man, we want to change that. And so when I count to three, all I'm going to do is ask you to raise your hand and we're going to lead you in a prayer that will change your life. What I would encourage you is, man, don't, don't, don't keep faking your way through life. Don't pretend everything's okay with your relationship with them if it isn't. Let this be a moment where change occurs and happens. If that's you, just raise your hand when I get to three. One, two, three. Is there anyone here today? You say, Justin, that's me. There's one hand. There's two hands. Is there anyone else? You join these two hands that are lifted. I see over there. There's three hands. Is there anyone else? You join these three hands that have been lifted in this place and say, Justin, man, it's, it's just me. It's me. I, I, I need to get things right before we go any further in service. 
you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today. I confess that I've sinned and that I've messed up, but I ask for your forgiveness. God, I ask that your grace and mercy would enter my life. I turn away from the life that I was living to grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we give these three individuals that raise their hand a huge round of applause? Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions, are in need of prayer, or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at nicole at foundationschurch.tv. that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.